0: And welcome to Seeking the Gospel Truth. I'm Gisela Aguiar, and I believe that God wants to fill up heaven. He wants everyone to be saved, including you! Jesus said in Matthew 24, 14, And the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world, so that all nations will hear it, and then the end will come. That's the gospel, the good news of Jesus' true salvation. I pray that as you hear this message, it will encourage you to read the Bible for yourself. Seek the truth. Ask God to open your heart, eyes, and mind to understand what his spirit is trying to tell you. The episode will begin after a short message. Uh, Today we continue our deconstructing of the Apostles' Creed, which is the core of our Christian beliefs. Today, Jesus suffers to save the world, part 3. Jesus' trial before Pontius Pilate, the Roman governor at the time, um, is a historical record. And just the fact that it's in the Apostles' Creed is really interesting. And there are some powerful words in this next section that we take for granted. Let's stop and ponder them. Okay. So for our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered, died, and was buried and rose again on the third day in fulfillment of the scriptures. For our sake, God loved the world so much that he did not want us to perish. So he sent his one and only son to take on all our sins on the cross. And if you click on over to my blog, I've got some more links to other articles I've got in there, especially why did Jesus have to die, which goes more in depth, you know, with that. and I'm, I'm gonna be quoting several uh, portions of um, the Apostles' Creed study by Matt Chandler from lifeway.com that I found in the Bible app. It's just because it's just so good. So um, I'm quoting him now. Pontius Pilate was the governor of Judea from AD 26 through 36. This mention of Pilate in the Apostles' Creed, Jesus suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified down and buried, may seem odd, but it highlights Christ's suffering as a historical event. The eternal Son entered our world and a human court convicted him of crimes he didn't commit. This event really happened. Jesus, fully human, experienced real suffering at a specific point in history. The crucifixion was the ultimate display of human animosity toward God's authority in our lives. Our sinful hearts rejected Christ in spite of all his displays of love, because we hated his claim of Lordship. If he's the rightful king over our lives, we must confess and repent of our rebellion, surrendering our lives in submission to his rule. But instead, we demanded that Jesus be, cr- be executed. God wasn't surprised by the world's hatred and rejection of Jesus. And Jesus didn't suffer and die in a way that was out of his control. Before, uh, before the crucifixion, Jesus told his disciples, and now I'm quoting for, from the Gospel of John, chapter 10, verse 18. No one can take my life from me. I sacrifice it voluntarily. For I have the authority to lay it down when I want to and also to take it up again. For this is what my father has commanded. Like in the garden, okay, Chandler also writes, Jesus' death and resurrection changed everything. We can now have a right relationship with God again. Our disobedience, our sin, our rebellion as his enemies are all forgiven. No amount of right or wrong, morality, good or bad religious behavior could ever make us right before God. So as he did in the garden after that first sin, God stepped in sought us and called us to receive the sacrifice he provided. But the sacrifice of Jesus is infinitely greater than any other offering. So what was he talking about there? Well, God sought Adam and Eve after they disobeyed him. And so I'm reading from Genesis three verses eight through 13. When the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about the garden so they hid from the lord god among the trees then the lord god called to the man where are you he replied i heard you walking in the garden so i hid i was afraid because i was naked who told you that you were naked the lord asked have you eaten from the tree whose fruit i commanded you not to eat the man replied it was the woman you gave me who gave me the fruit, and I ate it. And the Lord asked the woman, What have you done? The serpent deceived me, she replied. That's why I ate it. I love this scene. God scolds Adam. Adam then puts the blame on the woman that God gave him. She in turn blames the devil. <laughs> but what's really cool is that Jesus wins victory over Satan in the end. The resurrection is unique to Christianity. And again, I'm quoting from uh, uh, Matt Chandler's study. The resurrection truly makes a Christian faith unique. Throughout history, many people have died for their beliefs. Countless martyrs have willingly and even eagerly given their lives for their faith, refusing to compromise their convictions because they were certain the reward for faithfulness was greater than any suffering they endured. The difference between Jesus and any guru, prophet, teacher, leader, or hero is that he was the only son of God and didn't stay dead. Jesus not only suffered and died, but he also rose from his burial place, left the tomb empty, and appeared before hundreds of eyewitnesses. The resurrection of Jesus is not only miraculous, but also evidence That only he has authority over life and death and the ability to forgive sin. Because Christ isn't dead, we can be confident that all our sins have been forgiven. See that? Only Jesus has the authority to forgive sin, not a priest, not even a pope. Oh, God so rich in mercy. Reading from Ephesians chapter two, verses one through five. Once you are dead because of your disobedience and many sins, you used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers of the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. But God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. In fulfillment of the scriptures, I've written several articles in Old Testament Bible prophecy of Jesus and his crucifixion. The best prophecy is in Isaiah 53. Here's a part of it as Isaiah fifty three eleven through 12. When he sees all that is accomplished by his anguish, he will be satisfied. And because of his experience, my righteous servant will make it possible for many to be counted righteous, for he will bear all their sins. I will give him the honors of a victorious soldier because he exposed himself to death. He was counted among the rebels. He bore the sins of many and interceded for the rebels. And if you click back over to my blog, I have some more um, links to articles on Old Testament prophecies about Jesus. Jesus suffered and died for our sake. He paid the ultimate price so we wouldn't have to. Catholics, think about this. If purgatory exists, then Jesus died for nothing. If you truly want to be born again and have the assurance of salvation and a one-way, non-stop ticket to heaven and that you won't be left behind at the rapture, this is what you have to do. Believe, repent, be baptized, and receive the Holy Spirit. Pray this prayer humbly and wholeheartedly. Dear Lord Jesus, I know I am a sinner. I believe you died for my sins. Please forgive me. Right now, I turn from my sins and open the door of my heart and my life to you. I confess you as my personal Lord and Savior. I surrender my whole life to you and I will follow you for the rest of my life. Thank you Jesus for saving me. In Jesus name, amen. Jesus Christ is coming back soon. Are you ready? Soli Deo Gloria. To God alone be the glory. <music> Yes, the kingdom of God is here. We are living in strange, crazy times, the last days, the end times, but know that things aren't falling apart. They are falling into place. Jesus said in Revelation 3, verses 20 to 22, look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne just as I was victorious and sat with my Father on his throne. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. Folks, Jesus is knocking. It's up to you to open the door. Invite him, your Savior, into your heart. If you don't know what to say, read the prayer in the show notes. Thank you for listening to this episode, and I pray that the Holy Spirit, the author of Scripture, touched your heart to reveal the gospel truth that our hope is through Jesus Christ only. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to reach out to me via my website or social media. Make sure you download my favorite free Bible study apps, Uversion Bible App, and Through the Word. These will make it easy for you to get into the habit of reading the Bible daily and seeking the truth for yourself. Oh, and don't forget to hit the subscribe button, then the share button. The good news of Jesus Christ is meant to be shared. Soli Deo Gloria. To God alone be the glory.